It happened, Landon. Finally, an Anthony Davis trade. I'm tired of having to listen to all this drama about, oh, is where is Anthony Davis going? Is he finally going? Are the Lakers finally going to do it? What does the Lakers offer? What are they going to do? It's over. We can get past that drama and just get back to what we love about the NBA, which is watching these awesome guys play basketball at the highest level we ever will know. Well, the fun part for me is the draft of free agency. And this draft, like you said, this trade, like you said, we can move past. And it's a perfect segue to this is the first domino to fall, and then we'll have the draft. I think we're going to see a lot of activity. We're going to talk about that later at that fourth pick. I think we're going to see that moved. I know you do too. And it'll roll right into free agency. We're going to kind of preview both of those things. We're going to talk a few minutes just about the ramifications of this trade, and we're just really excited about it. First of all, give us the details, Lane. So it's Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, the fourth pick this year, a protected pick in 2021, then unprotected pick in 2023 that the Pelicans have the ability to defer on, which means if the Lakers are still good in 2023 and the pick is 27, the Pelicans can just defer the pick and they can wait till 2024 or 2025. So they can, if the pick is bad for the Pelicans, they can just push it back and hope things change. So they have basically the right to wait until the Lakers have a bad season between now and seven seasons from now, or it falls apart. And uh, we've seen that leverage about a decade ago. We saw that sort of thrown into deals, and then we saw a few teams really pay the price. And so you see it less now. So I think it sort of gives us an idea that the Lakers were just finally ready to put this behind. I think recently it's become kind of inevitable when with the issues with uh, Kyrie Irving and even the injuries in the finals, it just seemed like, okay, this is going to happen. The Lakers have the most to offer. And when they uh, moved up in the lottery, it just seemed kind of inevitable. And now, like you said, we can move past it. But it's super exciting uh, to talk about and think about how this shapes, of course, the Lakers roster and the Pelicans roster. And I am so fascinated in this obvious seven-year or so plan that they have for Zion there and and how they choose to, to build this team around him. So I guess the first question is, Landon, who who do you think wins this? This feels like a bit of a safe answer and a cop-out, but I really think both teams won this because L.A. gets Anthony Davis, who two seasons ago in their playoff run looked like he was about to be the best player in the NBA, who's about to peak as the best power forward ever, next to LeBron James, also two years removed from one of the greatest playoff runs we've ever seen. And with the Warriors suffering two devastating injuries, the West is wide open, there's no easier path to championship for the Lakers and LeBron right now, so you've got to go for it. And then for New Orleans, you get three young players, the fourth pick this year, which can turn into a lot of things or a good young prospect. Uh, eh, first rounder in two years, but then they have an unprotected first years down the road, and that could be, might not be good, or it could be like the Brooklyn picks we saw where many years after the trade happened, the team that made the trade to give away their stars, so, so Boston and New Orleans, is really good. So maybe Zion is leading the Pelicans to championship contention, and they get a top five pick, and they're just running the league for the next couple of years. That's what's interesting about this trade for me is how many different directions this can go. Because there are so many players involved, there are obviously three picks involved, Davis involved, and then, of course, uh, three young Lakers, uh, former Lakers now. For me, I think there's risk for both, but I think that 
for me, the Pelicans got a lot of volume. I expected them to get Kuzma. For me, Landon, I liked Kuzma more than any of the other three guys. Uh, I know Ingram has a higher upside. He also has that weird injury thing. And uh, and uh, Lonzo has just some interesting baggage that's not really of his doing and some injury history. Although uh, I know David Griffin is really high on him. And I think he could potentially be an excellent fit for uh, for Zion as long as he can stay confident and uh, improve a shot and stay on the court. But there is a chance that they could, both these guys could develop Ingram and Ball, and then they could wind up at the end of, let's say Zion's, let's say they do well enough and he signs that first extension, which most players do at the end of most teams. Most players stay with their original team that are stars for seven years, just the way things are set up. At the end of the seventh year, they could they could have a top five pick from the Lakers, or it could be 29. And so the, the just the wide variance of this deal, they could emerge from this with no star. I mean, they have to make a decision next summer on Brandon Ingram. That's tough. And I, I see widespread praise of this deal, and it has a high ceiling from the Pelican side. But also, Landon, they could emerge with this with – relatively little. So I, I think it's really interesting on that part. I think Kuzma is the most developed and most mature player that of the young Lakers. And were you surprised or disappointed that they weren't able to uh, wrangle him? Yeah, I was really surprised because for the past couple of days, other than trying to, other than the Lakers and Pelicans trying to get a third team into the mix to make everything work out, the main haggle was over, we want Kuzma, we don't want to give up Kuzma. And so for a day or so, that was the main storyline. Kuzma is holding up the deal. Now it's Kuzma's not even going. But I will say Kuzma and Zion definitely aren't natural fits just because I think they're both true fours, true power forwards. They can kind of slide in between the small forward and center, but you really don't want them doing that. And maybe David Griffin, the Pelicans, just wanted Josh Hart as a bench guard rather than trying to figure out the fit with Kuzma and Zion. My my guess is at the end of the day, Griffin wanted those uh, swaps and he wanted the uh, nuance that was put on those picks. And ultimately, I think he had to switch Kuzma for hard or something like that. I think it was maybe either or, or maybe Kuzma was off the table and that's why it took so long. I'm not sure. But Kuzma staying on that team is huge for the Lakers. I think we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but for me, uh, it's like... Part of me wants to get really excited uh, for Zion, and the other part's like, well, what if it just sort of like these guys really didn't develop that much for the Lakers, and and they're down the road enough they're not rookies, so decisions have to be made, you know, pretty soon on them. But then again, it could be an absolute boon to them. So that's what's so interesting about this is we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Um, let's talk about that fourth pick, Landon. It seems uh, that the Pelicans aren't done. From what I hear, other teams. Like Darius Garland a lot, he's kind of emerging as that fourth guy. He's got a really high upside. Uh, you know, a lot of folks uh, that are college basketball fans, they don't understand that, but he played really well uh, on the international and the AAU circuit for years. His father played in the NBA. He probably, and let's assume for now, that the Pelicans are going to keep ball. Apparently, Griffin's high on ball. And let's say they keep Holiday. Uh, they're not really in the market for Darius Garland. So they're going to look to move back or maybe uh, move back and get with, with a team that has multiple first-round picks this year, or I bet they would ideally like to get a pick uh, this year and then maybe next year. Uh, Landa, what, what do you think their move is? What are their options, and who do you think they're looking for player-wise? 
Well, like you said, I really don't think Darius Garland really fits on this team anymore. Same with Jarrett Culver because he's a two guard. They have Holiday and Hart right now, and that fit seems kind of weird. Well, don't yeah. you think they go best player though? Yeah, I think so. Then so, d- I, I would I would maybe think Culver. Yeah. So uh, not to interrupt you, but yeah, I think Culver would be on the table, or or that's what I hear. Uh, but uh, sorry, go ahead. I would say personally, I would hope that they trade four for eight and ten with the Atlanta Hawks to trade back and get a high upside guy at eight, like Cameron Reddish, Saku Dumboya. And then at ten, you take a safe defensive minded big like Jackson Hayes to cover up for Zion's size on the inside. Well, yeah, because I think we're going to see Zion as a late game finisher five, but I think it would be great if they had a true, like, kind of rim runner. Good defensive guy, guy with a lot of length, uh, that would let Zion play a lot of four. That would be ideal, right? They're not going to find that. They're not going to go for that guy at four. He's not in this draft. But if they could do that from the onset, but you don't typically see. I mean, this happened uh, kind of recently in drafts, but generally, historically, you don't see a team trade back even in the top ten. You just don't see that in, in the top ten. And I think. I don't know. In this draft, that'd be interesting. Do you think they would have to give 8, 10, and 17 as well, though? I think 8 and 10 alone would probably be enough just because at 4, we all think this is really a three-player draft. And so if the Hawks take Culver or Hunter, they're not in that upper tier of Morant, Zion, or Barrett. So the value of trading up to 4 isn't as high as it was like last year. Last year, you'd have to give up 8, 10, 17... And maybe more just because last year had such, had so much top end talent that teams really didn't want to move back because you had these potential stars just sitting there. This year, it seems like there's a lot more role players and safe guys, so teams aren't going to give up as much because you're not giving up three first for a guy who could who can be a good role player next to Trey Young. So I think a and ten alone to work. Yeah, I think that's interesting about this draft. It's not a bad draft per se. It's not top-heavy. Last year had, let's say it had six guys that could be all-stars. This one looks like it has three. Now, we don't know, but, I mean, just on the onset. But this this draft looks like, to me, to have about 25 guys. Uh, At this point, they look like they could play, you know, a a good while in the uh, NBA and carve out a rotational role, whereas last year there might have been 18 guys. So I think it's deeper as far with NBA players, but the having the fourth pick is maybe not uh, ideal in a draft like this. So maybe this is the year that uh, trading four for eight, and ten, uh, for eight and ten is there. The Hawks obviously really like somebody at four, uh, if you believe what you hear, but there are other, they're not in the market for uh, Garland. So what teams might be in the market for Garland uh, to move up? And if the Hawks do move up, who do they like? Uh, you hear a lot about uh, them liking Cam Reddish, but are they? Do they? Do they feel like? And do you feel like they'd have to move all the way up to four to get Reddish? As far as for Reddish, I don't think you would need to trip to four. I mean, I can see Cleveland taking him as a high upside guy. Phoenix, I don't really understand because they have plenty of wings and they really need just anyone who can play point guard and actually pass the ball to DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker. Chicago also really needs a guard. So it's really, does Cleveland take a swing at them, or do, do these other teams just also ignore their need at point guard and just take a swing as well? If they traded A and 10 for four, to me that would signify that Reddish is a lot higher on team sports than the draft community sees him. Because right now, 
I think it's a lot more likely that Reddish is there at 8 than he's not. I would think that too, but uh, it's going to be interesting, and it's going to happen soon on Thursday. So I'm obviously super pumped. What are these teams that might trade up if not Atlanta? You just mentioned Chicago and Phoenix. Are are they the top candidate? Because they're right there. Um, New Orleans wouldn't wouldn't fall back far. And what else, comp- compensation-wise, would, would they be looking for? Uh, let's say it was uh, one of those two teams looking up, because they could definitely use Garland. I think if it's between Phoenix and Chicago to trade up for Garland, I would personally say... Chicago makes a lot more sense because they have several young, talented front court guys, but they really don't have anyone in the back court outside of Zach Levine, who's pretty much a pure two guard. And in Phoenix, you still have Devin Booker as your main ball handler, and a back court of Garland and Booker has a, has serious defensive flaws. So, bottom line, Land, where do you see the Pelicans picking Thursday? End of the day, I think they stay at the fourth pick just because this draft's town is weirdly skewed in terms of stars and role players that it's hard for teams that are close to the fourth pick to trade up and justify that trade. So I think Norlin just stays at four and takes their guy. Man, let's talk about the Lakers. I You hear so much about, oh, this or that. I can't believe anyone's questioning. They had to get Davis. And the question is, did they give too much? I don't necessarily think so. They kept Kuzma. They've got some flexibility there. Yeah, it can get ugly uh, in four or five years if this falls apart or their injuries. But um, I think it's a gamble they had to make, and they're not really worried about that. They want to try to win a championship. Uh, you're going to hear this a million times, but it is wide open. Uh, Golden State is, uh, you know, they were obviously dethroned last week. Kawhi could be on the move. I think a lot of teams have honestly behaved from a front office standpoint like, hey, well, let's just wait for this Golden State run to be over. It, it's for now over, so – a lot of teams are going to be super aggressive, I think, and it's going to be super fun to watch this summer. Uh, but for me, they've not shown the ability to develop players. They've not shown ability to keep players healthy. So there are lots of questions about the Lakers. But they were not going to be a front runner for any of our major free agents this summer uh, because of some of that stuff. So uh, Anthony Davis is a guy that wanted to play for them. They've got him. Uh, here's the thing. We've talked so much about how – the Golden State Warriors played 100 games for five years. That wore them down. We saw that. I do think that was a big contributor for uh, for the injuries and the issues that they had uh, against Toronto. But by the same token, LeBron James, everybody, his injury, he does not have a bad injury history, and he could have played. I really believe that if they had been in contention uh, after he came back there. He's going to be rested and ready in a way he hasn't been in a decade, right? And Anthony Davis, yeah, he is an injury risk. But uh, I think they'll manage him well. I think they are off to really good. People do not need to, to negate how powerful that's going to be. And they're going to have at least $27 million to go after. You know, it, it depends on how they slice it. And that's what I want to talk to you about. Are they going to go, just naming names, they could they could go after Kimball Walker or Jimmy Butler. Now, those guys could get a little bit more elsewhere. Or they could say Brooke Lopez and J.J. Redick or – Bogdan, uh, they could try to split this up. Typically, I think you just get the best player you can, but depth is going to be a real issue. I say I like to say this, Land. What what's their game plan this summer? Do you think, and what do you think that roster is going to look like opening day? I think they're definitely going to swing for the fences. They're going to try and sign a All Star level player because if you have an All Star level player, LeBron and Anthony Davis, you're probably a top two favorite in the NBA for winning the title along with wherever Kawhi goes. 
So I think they'll go after Kimball Walker really hard, Jimmy Butler really hard. Now that's not to say that these Max agents want to go there, but they're going to try their best because big threes of superstars usually win titles. Right. People think about the recent history with LeBron, how tough he's been to play for, but it worked pretty well when he had Bosh and Wade. And uh, Wade had to take a back seat, but they uh, they did extraordinarily well, you know, there. So you could see, I, I think Butler, people I think are assuming, a lot of people assume he's going to back to Philly. I think Butler, just the way he is, he'd be super tempted. He'd fit there well with them. Kimball Walker, what they need is shooters and defenders, right? Kimball Walker is a shooter and a playmaker, but he's not much of a defender. Uh, I could see like you said, them swinging for the fences. I think as fans or some of the media, they think, oh, they could add this piece, that piece. I think they're just going to try to get role pieces to come because it's L.A. But I think with Davis there, it becomes much more attractive for, you know, obviously not the top two guys coming back. Although, uh, you know, Leonard Kawhi is going to consider. I mean, the fact that he would fit right in there, and uh, that would be very interesting. He doesn't seem like the super team type, but – He's going to evaluate that. He wants to be back in L.A. And uh, I, I wouldn't sleep on that, Lan. Uh, I know you're probably not either, but uh, Kawhi will consider the Lakers. Uh, ultimately, I don't think he ends up there. But I think Kimba uh, – and I think they're just going to go down the line and find a guy. So it might be Tobias Harris. It might be, um, you know, Brogdon. I think it's just going to be kind of really interesting to see who this third player is because everyone says – I've heard so much the last 24 hours compared to the top two, the top two. Well, let's see a top three and see who they wind up with, because I think that's going to be really, really interesting. All right, Land, as we sort of wrap up here for now, let's talk about Thursday, the NBA draft, my single favorite day of the NBA calendar year. What's the biggest narrative for you? The number one question you're most excited to see answered on Thursday. I'm excited to see where the number four pick ends up going, if it stays or goes to their team. And who it is at number four, because after a top three, it's wide open. I can see four guys go at number four, and none of them would be really surprising. And just because whoever trades for that fourth pick with the Pelicans stay there, that can really shake up the draft. That is, and uh, that's the dominoes for the draft are going to come pretty early at four. It's going to be, I would imagine the Knicks are locked in at three, but I think these teams that lost out on Anthony Davis, I think we're going to see some movement from them. So I'm really interested to see what the Celtics do with all those picks that they really don't need. I think we're going to see some real movement because, like you said, after three, there's going to be a lot of different opinions on these players, and I think we're going to see some teams uh, aggressively move down and move up and move uh, move some veterans, and I think it's going to be absolutely uh, a blast Thursday. That's all we got for right now. Uh, get back with us. We're going to try to give you a lot of content this week. You've been listening to uh, NBA Draft Talk. And uh, like us and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever you listen to. And we'll see you soon.